0: Nick Sagaris McDonald's, coronavirus means many of us are working from home and receiving more calls. Here's how to navigate phone anxiety. Like many Australians, you may have found yourself suddenly working from home due to the coronavirus pandemic. It's a whole new world for many, but while setting yourself up in the quietest room of the house is one thing, having to face your fears and actually talk on the phone is a whole other ball game. Face-to-face meetings, social media, and email has meant that many of us, across many professions, are able to avoid talking on the phone. But as more and more people are required to work from home, the ability to pick up your phone when your boss calls you without breaking into a cold sweat is more necessary than ever. Technology has made avoiding phone calls possible, clinical psychologist Catherine Madigan said. The fear of talking on the phone would be one example of a social phobia social phobia is a fear of being negatively judged or evaluated by other people if people are being forced to actually talk on the phone now and if it has been something they've avoided it can create a lot of anxiety ms madigan who specializes in anxiety disorders describes talking on the phone as a lot of pressure people have nothing else to do but focus on what you're saying she said often People with this kind of anxiety are worried they're going to say or do the wrong thing, and embarrass or humiliate themselves. Whereas people who have anxiety about face-to-face interactions worry about being seen to blush or sweat or shake, over the phone, they might be worried that their voice would sound shaky, if they talk too softly, too quickly, maybe they stutter and stammer. Their worry may be around not being able to express themselves in a fluent, coherent way. It can be overcome if you are taught how to handle it. If that all sounds familiar to you, the good news is that social phobias like these can be overcome. Clinical psychologists are still offering Medicare rebateable sessions over Skype during this time for those who feel they need professional help, but there are some things you can also do at home. Firstly, you should make yourself aware of the safety behaviors you might be putting in place when it comes to making a phone call. Safety behaviors are coping mechanisms you put in place which you think will help you, but actually contribute to the continuation of your anxiety. For example, while having an idea of what you're going to talk about is good, trying to memorize what you're going to say is not so good, and won't help you in the long run. Safety behaviors backfire, Ms. Madigan explained. Some people might write out a script or try to memorize what they're going to say, but when someone asks them a question, that throws them. Or a lot of people might think the faster I talk sooner I get off the phone, but that can create more anxiety if the other person can't understand what you're saying. Rather than relying on these safety behaviors, Ms. Madigan said the best thing to do was just start practicing. Pick up the phone, do a practice call to order something from a shop you're familiar with, and build from there, she said. Ring a friend, have your friend ask you questions, do a dry run to show you that you can do it and do it multiple times you're not going to get better if you keep avoiding it stop doing those safety behaviors start practicing and gradually get your confidence going this phobia can be overcome if you are taught how to handle it and you're generally doing much better than you think making phone calls in the business world once you feel like you've got a handle on making a call There are a few things to keep in mind, particularly when it comes to professionalism. Like many tasks in society now, we have become very casual, etiquette expert Zarif Hardy said. Unfortunately, with being casual, we are becoming sloppy, so much business is lost due to poor phone skills. We can break or destroy relationships very quickly simply by the tone, pace, and inflection of our voice. Ms. Hardy has some simple advice for answering your phone treat your caller the same way you would treat someone who came to your front door with a smile and warm greeting. 55% of communication is about body language, she explained. Since you cannot see body language over the phone, your communication effectiveness is already cut in half. It is vital to make up for that difference by ensuring that the verbal communication skills you have are polished and articulate. If you answer the phone with a smile on your face, the other person will be able to hear it and feel more at ease, she said. It's also important to know how to start and end a conversation properly. When making a call, always greet someone by name before introducing yourself yes, even if you know they have your number. Then, you should ask if they have a moment don't assume and automatically start the dialogue. If they are busy, always ask when it is best to call back and call back at that time, Ms. Hardy said. When it comes to signing off, Ms. Hardy said to always, always end the call graciously thanks for your time, appreciate your advice, lovely to chat, looking forward to chatting next week, etc. When should you follow up? Something that can be tricky is knowing whether your phone conversation requires a further response from you. If there is a specific call to action, it is obvious that an email or a text afterwards to confirm or respond is warranted. But if you are unsure after the phone call, Ms. Hardy recommends following up with an email bullet pointing what was discussed and what might be needed to be followed up, just in case. At worst, you'll come off looking keen, which is better than the alternative. Finally, only call your boss during office hours. If you know your boss's schedule then respect that and call in times when you know they will be able to talk, Ms. Hardy said. Don't keep calling. Leave a message and follow up with an email. Bye, abc.net.au